Good evening, everyone. This is Tyler coming into you live from my living room for our first edition chat and chew. I'm so excited that you all decided to tune in with us tonight. I'm so honored to have my dad as my first guest speaker. We'll be talking about millennials and spirituality. Um, this will always be going on Sunday nights at 8 p.m. So you can tune in for your Super Soul Sundays with Tyler as we chat and chew. I am not chewing tonight. I'm just sipping on my hot lemon tea in the midst of this quarantine. Um, but I just wanted to kind of get us kickstarted before I call my dad. I want us to kind of listen in and I'm gonna have him introduce himself. So let's call him. Hello, Daddy. It's me. Hello there, Tyler. How you doing? <laughs> Good. Welcome to Chat and Chew. <laughs> Chat and Chew. Caught, Caught you just in time. I guess it sounds like you're already chewing. I'm chewing. I'm chewing. You're right. I, uh, I have this nice quarantine cuisine going. Uh, <laughs> I have a, uh, a gathering of ground beef. Smothered in tomato paste, with uh, laid on a bed of uh, hamburger buns, and uh, surrounded by fried potatoes. Oh, that sounds delicious! Thank you so much for letting us <laughs> into your dinner time, Dad. <laughs> oh yeah, not a problem. Not a problem. It's all right if I still eat these uh, smothered potatoes. Of course, that's what we're here for—is to make you feel comfortable while we're ch chatting and chewing. Oh, I appreciate that. So I, I already kind of kicked off our guests and let them know what we're doing. Um, I told them I was so honored for you to be my first guest speaker as we talk about millennials and spirituality. But before we jump into our topic tonight, I kind of just wanted to introduce you. And I thought it was kind of cool to maybe read your bio so everybody can get to know you. But obviously throughout the night, you'll share more about yourself so that people can get an insight on Reverend Dr. Carl Hodges Sr. How does that sound? Sounds like you're talking about somebody else. Yeah, <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> okay, guess so here's the the 411 on my dad. So Pastor Carl Hodges Sr. is a native of Jackson, Mississippi, honorably retired 20-year United States Navy veteran answering the call to ministry service and proclamation of the gospel message of Jesus Christ in 1999. By January of 2003, he had been licensed and ordained. For nearly 20 years, Dr. Hodges has dedicated his life to full-time ministry and now serves as the senior pastor of the historic Central Baptist Institutional Church of Jacksonville, Florida. In 2011, Reverend Hodges Sr., along with his family, joined the Central Baptist Institutional Church. Saved, sold out, inspiring, powerful, and anointed biblical expository preacher-teacher. Ooh, that's a mouthful. He holds degrees in both business and divinity, honorary degree. So under the leadership of Christ and by the power of the Holy Spirit, Pastor Hodges continues to lead Central into an edifying and God-honoring future. What an awesome man we have on the line tonight, you all. <laughs> Does that do you justice, Day? Oh, yeah, yeah. 
Well, you've been doing an awesome job at just maintaining this kind of peace and this positive attitude. And I think that's felt through your live sessions on Facebook, which is kind of a segue um, that I wanted to kind of talk to. I know you prepared some things, but I just want to ask you, how do you feel about churches using Facebook and Instagram to go live now? Do you think that that's helping you you reach a different audience or connecting on a different level with believers? Um, you know, I think there's some good and, and some, unfortunately, some downside to it as well. You know, and I think all of us, particularly people of faith, we have to be careful not to uh, fall victim to the season. You know, uh, but we got so used to doing it live that when, uh, <laughs> when social distancing practices have been eased up a little bit, that we don't run back to the sanctuary. So that's always a back in the back of my mind concerned because you don't be so effective at doing live things that that uh that, <laughs> that now nobody wants to come back to the sanctuary yeah but, but in terms of the live i think I, I i mean i love it you know i love the fact that god has a way of shaking us uh and shaking us out of our comfort zone you know and 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 in and, and, and the truth of the matter i i, I mean I'm not necessarily glad that this season happened, but this season has a way of flushing out the superficial, and uh, it brings to the surface only those things that are real. You know, the Bible talks about when there's a shaking of the foundation, only those things that are genuine basically are are real, are remain standing. So uh, there are a lot of people who had a myriad of excuses as to, you know, why they didn't go to church with hypocrites, whatever, you know, all kinds of, <laughs> all kinds of things people have told themselves down through the years, but now that God has removed the structural edifice that we call the church, now that he's removed that out of the equation, now what becomes the excuse that people will give for not, not fully giving the attention that, uh, to their, their spiritual lives that, that it deserved to have a long time ago, you know? So, yeah. So I think it's good, you know, I, I love it, you know, it makes us think outside the box, but there's a downside that we need to be cognizant of. Yeah, I, I completely agree, because it just gets us comfortable in this space of our home, and we're not, you know, wanting to leave outside of that comfort to say, I'm sacrificing the convenience of being at home to worship with other believers, or be in this space where I'm giving my all. Right. Yeah. Right. So I just wanted to read a quick um, statistic to you and kind of get your thoughts because this segues us into our conversation for tonight, which is Millennials and Spirituality. So a Pew Research Center survey published in November revealed that Millennials are less attached to organized religion than their parents or grandparents were at the same age, with only about 40% saying religious, religion is very important in their lives. However, the same survey revealed that about 80% of millennials believe in God and increasing numbers identify with statements such as, I feel a deep sense of spiritual peace and well-being, or I experience a deep sense of wonder about the universe. When you hear those words just very much so based in spirituality and not so much religion, what do you think about when, you, and especially when you're looking out at your congregation, you see who's in the pews and you see who's missing. So what does this say about millennials and their ideas about religion to you? Well, 
I get older, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna make my kids do what I had to do. I'm not gonna make my kids go without a, a number of things that we said we weren't gonna do. And I think we we probably were more effective at that than we thought. So what ends up happening is we raise a, a generation of of children and offspring. Our legacy becomes a more lenient, a more tolerant, a more allowable uh, existence they had. So we kind of engage them in dialogue and say, okay, well, how do you feel about such and this and that? And I think just uh, the millennials, just as a group, because that's one you mentioned, I think they're just a byproduct of what they've been exposed to. And, and unfortunately, that being the one element, the other side of that coin is that for the most part, and, I, and this is not a broad brush that I'm trying to because there are some ministries that are very effective at doing it, but there have been a lot of ministries uh, down through the years, and a lot of my, you know, uh, you know, co-preachers, if you will, or co-laborers in the gospel. Uh, be honest with you, we just not, we have not evolved and kept pace uh, with the times. We have not been willing to have the real conversations about what's going on in the world. We, you know, we were. You know, we, uh, uh, like some, some preachers often say, we, we have left our faith in biblical antiquity. Mm-hmm. You know, we haven't, we haven't uh, fully communicated uh, what it is uh, and how it is. Faith should, uh, faith doesn't change, but it evolves, if that makes sense. It, it, it has to evolve with our times. Uh, there's a song in the church where you say, serve serve God's people in this present age, basically. And uh, I don't think we've done a good job as leaders in the church, as believers uh, of, of serving this present age. But by the same token, this present age has been uh, just overwhelmed with options. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it's, a, it's like a it's like a golden corral of, of, of opportunity on Sunday now, you yeah. know, or, or on Saturday. There are always challenges. So I go to the to the lounge and chill with my friends and Sunday morning comes, I'm tired, you know, but I'm still, I'm still very relevant, you know, so it's a, it's, it's no one thing, uh, Tyler, that I believe, uh, is, is, is at fault, but, uh, 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 an intoxicating cocktail of opportunities and experiences that come together to create somewhat of a, 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 a an aloofness about the things of God. Mm-hmm. That's a really good point, and I'm so glad that you brought up this buffet um, because that was actually one of the things I wanted to talk about. And doing research, I found a lot of researchers say that millennials kind of preference this consumer capitalism when they're looking at religion. So it's like this kind of drive-through buffet. I'll pick and choose what pieces of religion I want. So I might want to do yoga today. I might want to meditate. I might want to check in with my life group. But it's kind of like you're picking and choosing what works for you. But I also do agree with just the relevancy and just kind of growing with the time. So that's a good question for you just as a pastor. How do you feel like you've challenged your practices and methods of teaching to be a little bit more relevant or inclusive? Uh, how, how did I come about being that way? Or how have you challenged yourself? Or maybe if you haven't, what are some ways that you think you can incorporate? You know, as you know, I have uh, 
children in in varied age groups uh, uh, from teens to to thirties, and and just that again that experience alone kind of uh, positions me to be able to have to have different conversations sometimes within the same thirty minutes. You know, I may I may talk to someone in their mid thirties, uh, and then then you'll call me, and you know you're in your late twenties, <laughs> and then I'll leave that conversation and go talk to your brother who's in his teens. Yeah. You know? So just that 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 gamut of of experience that I gained from you all kind of makes me kind of makes me have to kind of makes me have to figure out how to communicate truth, you know, mm-hmm. that this truth that I'm, you know, captivated by, uh, what good it would be for me to be able to preach on Sundays and in Bible studies, but then the very, the very children are the very, uh, young adults now, if you will, that God has blessed my life with, I can't even communicate my faith to them or, or reach them or, or, or so just having you all has caused me to, uh, uh, keep, my faith relevant to keep uh, my understanding of how my faith can be applied in this present age. There it is again uh, uh, to the world in which I live. You know, I, I don't think I don't think the things of God is is is, is dated. You know that uh, like something you said about the uh, that consumer approach to the capitalism approach to to faith and religion. You know, it, it's important that. That we be very careful about not allocating God and only seeing Him relevant in the areas of our lives that we want Him to be relevant in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so yeah, that's a great challenge for for the millennial. You know? Yeah, there. I think that there is this trend you spoke to earlier of well, I'm not going to do what my parents do. Ooh, as soon as I get out the house. I'm not going to go to church this Sunday. I'm going to go to brunch. But then that becomes a domino effect, and it leads to us becoming members of Bedside Baptist, which is something me and you always talk to, talk about. So I think it's just interesting to see. Um, what do you think? And I know you have some points, so this will be my last question, and I'll kind of allow you to kind of jump in. But what do you think it's going to take for that kind of breaking apart or unpacking the preference to do bedside Baptist and instead get involved with a church or just a, a, a community of believers? Yeah. Um, you know, I, and, and again, thank you for having me. Thank you for, for asking uh, the questions that you've asked so far, because, you know, it, again, it makes me kind of keep myself uh, or keep my faith sword sharpened, if you will. Uh, uh, if I could, if I could, and, and, and to speak to millennials, because I don't, you know, I really am careful not to, I don't, I don't want those who are millennials who are listening, I don't want them to feel alienated. I, if, again, as if you're talking to granddad, oh, granddad, going to tell you something good for yourself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, but if I could go back and talk to my younger self, there would be some things uh, that I would tell myself because I, uh, no different than those who are in that age group now, when I was in that age group, I had the same thoughts about, you know, and had the same challenges as it related to my faith. And this won't apply to people who, 
at this age, or if they're already millennials, are just coming to the faith. But in some way, it should still apply. Uh, the three things and three areas that I think are significant and worth considering, uh, and those three areas are really simple. It's the ability to refocus, to to reconnect, and then once you do those things, to, to recommit or to focus or to connect or to uh, to commit wherever you happen to be on that spectrum. Uh, when I say refocus, it, it simply means to adjust one's focus, the focus of one's vision, if you will. Uh, uh, it means uh, uh, to refocus means something new or something different. Uh, uh, to change one's emphasis, uh, Tyler, or to change direction or trajectory that one's been going in. Uh, in order to understand that, I think it's important to understand how you lost focus. If you don't understand where focus was lost, then you won't even see the need to uh, refocus. Uh, mm-hmm. Lost focus, uh, as, as some things that I kind of jotted down, lost focus for many who are in, in, in this group of peers that you're reaching out to, the lost focus began really a long time ago, back in school. Schooling was a part of it, schooling and all that comes with it, whether it be uh, the latter years of high school, moving on into college and even the grad school. There were a lot of residual or collateral things that came along with schooling. Uh, uh, some of the schooling challenges meant the booing challenges. You know, we most people, though you were transitioning and getting older, most folk during that season was also getting booed up. Mm-hmm. You know, and you started talking about where, where was focus lost. Sometimes it was schooling, which is not a bad thing. Therefore, most people won't run from it. Mm-hmm. Uh, booing up, well, well surely I've, I've met the love of my life in college. It's my, <laughs> it's my boo for life. Focus, uh, focus moved off of the things that sometimes kept us rooted, and it began to begin to focus more on an individual, if you will. Uh, but then I talked, uh, I, I wrote down here, how did that focus get lost? Schooling, booing, but then it became a career thing or a job thing if you move beyond your collegiate years and into your adulting years. Those things uh, have a way of, of, of you know, of, of, of causing us to lose that focus. You know, if, if you were sitting up all night uh, pining over your resume, trying to get the right buzzwords and catchwords for the particular uh, company that you're trying to become a part of, then there's no devotion time. <laughs> yeah. No, you know, so, so all of those, those are just things, you know, collateral things that come along with that, that lost focus. But if you're going to refocus, refocus again means adjust that focus. Uh, and, and, and because I'm a man of faith, these are the, 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 the foundational pillars that I, that I really believe are relevant because I, too, uh, made similar mistakes. I, too, as Scripture says, I think Romans 8 and 5 says, if you live according to the flesh, you'll set your mind on the things of the flesh. If you're living according to what the Joneses are doing or what your sorors or your fat brothers or whomever is doing, if that's what you're using as your governor, then you will... Your mind will focus on those things, but what's been helpful for me as I've gotten older and wiser, I would like to think, I begin to think about things like Matthew 6.33 says, and says to seek first the kingdom, you know, uh, while that may be challenging in a world of, a, a world of golden corral options, 
the Bible is clear, and it's timeless. It says, seek first. It doesn't say you can't pursue other things. Yeah. But in our pursuing of other things, Tyler, we have to seek first the kingdom. And a lot of times, if you and I and whomever would understand that they are God's creation, would seek him first, God is not objectionable to you having the, the, the most uh, magnanimous career that you could ever think of. But he wants you to invite him into the process. And, uh, you know, uh, but even in that, you know, as you refocus, I, I have this, uh, you know, everybody's sanitizing. I got this, this Lysol scripture, I like to call it. <laughs> in other words, it, 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 it gets rid of all the germs if you remember this scripture. And it's Philippians 4 and 8. Mm. And it says, whatever is, whatsoever, is that, that whatsoever scripture. I call it the Lysol scripture. Whatever is true, mm-hmm. whatever is honorable, whatever is just, pure, lovely, commendable, excellent, praiseworthy, it says think on these things. Yeah. Now, it's, it's an oversimplification, but even for those who are pursuing uh, uh, lofty goals for themselves as, I mean, they don't have to be preachers or pastors or church lady, you know, but if they are people of faith uh, alone, the scripture that will give you the right uh, foundation and framework with which to pursue life would be Philippians 4 8. Whatever is true, uh, whatever is honorable, are the things that we're doing true? Are they honorable? Will it bring honor to you, Tyler, or whomever, or your colleagues, or those who will tune in to your chat and chew? Will it bring honor to their lives? Mm-hmm. The things that we pursue, are they just? Are they just? Uh, are they based in justice, not only for ourselves but for others? Are they pure in heart? Are they pure in nature? Uh, the Bible talks about only pure in heart shall see God. Or is it a little twisted? Or is it? Or is it the? Uh, I think there's a word in the business culture that says "with him." What's in it for me? Mm-hmm. You know, is it? Is it that? Is it lovely? Can others look upon your efforts and your desires? Can they see? The beauty of your life, uh, are they commendable? Are they excellent? Are we doing things in the spirit of excellence? So first, we refocus. Then the next thing I had, uh, I can, I have more, but if, if I'm saying too much, I, I can, I can just kind of leave it at that. No, you're uh, good. I was just, I, I have a point to make about what one of the verses you made, but yes, go ahead. Yeah, that's fine. I was just going to add on to your verse because the Philippians 4-8 verse is something that I've been reading every day during this quarantine. And I think just something that millennials seek for is we are all searching for self, right? We're searching for our identity. We're searching for affirmation and just all these different things. But what I've been doing lately is just trying to find scriptures that speak to who God says I am. And that is one of the verses that I've read. And it's just kind of just a sobering thought to remember the lies of the enemy, the tricks of the enemy, because he's doing a lot for our attention right now. It's just when we look at a verse like that, it just helps us think that to get back to center, get back to our identity or who Christ says we are, or who we're called to be is to think about things that are lovely, pure, just because they guide us through these moments of unsureness so we can get back to the faith. So I'm glad that you brought up that verse. Right. And, 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 it, and, it's, and it's, it's amazing that that's uh, uh, one of the life verses that you've been kind of anchoring on. Uh, 
lately because even in thinking about refocusing and using that to get back to center, uh, 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 get back to who you were, or, or, or uh, get back to the middle, <laughs> get mm-hmm. back to the middle. Sometimes as life stretches us, you know, like NDRE says, you got to get back to the middle. And, mm-hmm. I, and I like, you know, I like that. And sometimes for those of us who understand who God is, uh, life has a way of stretching us. But uh, at some point, you have to find something that will anchor you, the true things, the honorable things. How do you want your life to be viewed? And how do you feel? Where, where do you feel best at? Where do you feel the purest at, the cleanest at? And I believe it's when you are doing true things, honorable, just, pure, lovely, commendable, and excellent things, praiseworthy things. I think that's where we find our truest selves. But, 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 but once you refocus, uh, Tyler, there, there's a transition that has to come. See, once you recast your gaze or your vision, you have to also be willing to re- reconnect. See, it's one thing yeah. to come to the place where you're okay, I see where I went wrong with this. Mm-hmm. What, what good is it to see where you went wrong? That's your vision. Okay, you've cleared your vision up. You've gotten wiser as you've gotten older, but you haven't reconnected with anyone. Uh, I don't, you know, there's a number of reasons why we all kind of drift away. When I, when, I, when I graduated from high school, for me, I graduated from church. I graduated from my mother's rules and governing authority. You know, I started trying little things, sipping a little of this, uh, going over here a little bit, you know, because I was, I was, even though I was wasn't grown, yeah, <laughs> I, I began to you know do that. But so so sometimes those things happen, and what happens during that season is there's typically a disconnect. Mm-hmm. So the first thing I shared with you was to reconnect, but then the next thing uh, I see is that the need to uh, reconnect. I mean, refocus the first thing, but then the second thing would be to reconnect. Mm-hmm. And when I say when I say reconnect, keep in mind those you and those who would perhaps listen to, to reconnect is a it's a verb it's a it's an action word it means you got to do something you can't just sit at the house and pontificate uh, ponder or go back and forth with yourself about the changes God has made or the revelations he's given you at some point you have to get up and do something and uh, it means to reestablish uh, a bond of communication or emotion so see once once you refocus, you really do have to become more communicative about what it is God has shown you. Similar to what you're doing, this chat and chew or your sister soul glow, all of those efforts, those are you doing something about what God has shown you about you. Mm-hmm. All right? So you, you, you are betting and banking on the reality that there's some other people out there just like you who are, <laughs> who are experiencing similar things. And based on your experience alone, you feel like how he brought you through, somebody will be blessed just to hear it and to know it. Mm-hmm. You know, so that, that, that's a reconnecting, uh, communicating it, not only communicating through this platform, but emotionally you're tethered to it. You yeah. know, why not say that? Because how do I know you reconnect? Because you'll go out and you'll start a podcast. And that's your emotions. That's your, that's your heart. That's, that's, that's your essence trying to trying to feed others now there's something that we need to understand well if you know you need to reconnect before you can fully reconnect you have to figure out how you lost your connection <laughs> yeah <laughs> where was the disconnect uh and i'm gonna give you a perfect example uh, uh just the other day i was doing a facebook live and i, I came on late and the reason i came on late I, I i was on my facebook and 
I wanted to go live, but when I went live, it went dead. Mm-hmm. Well, we got to figure out, well, why did it go dead? It went dead because I had lost the connection. Mm. I had lost my connection with the power. I, I had lost my connection with the internet, and I didn't even know it while I was sitting looking at my screen Unbeknownst to me, I was disconnected from the internet. Yeah, that's good. Now, 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 now one of the things I, you know, I got from that, Tyler, is sometimes uh, we can be misled by the appearance of what is right. Mm-hmm. And, and how do, what do you mean? Uh, that what I'm saying is, as I was looking at my computer screen, right? Yeah. The, the home page was still up. It looked as though I was on Facebook. Mm-hmm. My camera, was, my camera was still showing me, but when I went to click, that's when I discovered that I had been disconnected. What, what, what do you mean? A lot of times in our lives, if we're not careful, we'll keep looking at what's right in front of us. We'll think we're ready to go. We're ready to move forward. And not even realizing that was a long time ago we got disconnected from the source. Mm, that's the good. Thing that, the thing that motivated us, the thing that inspired us, the thing that kept us going, the, the thing that kept us grounded, there was a disconnect. And because everything in front of us seemed to be normal, because uh, we had this group of friends that were doing it this way, or uh, a close friend that was doing it that way, or uh, again, that boot <laughs> that was telling us to do it this way, we... We got disconnected and we didn't even know that we were not connected. And that's a good point you made because I think this is such a powerful time for us to reconnect. And I think all of us have been tapped out from the power source, if you, I mean, literally. And now we have no choice but to tap back in. And it's sometimes God will do that. He'll cancel everything so that it's like, now I need you to plug back in and refuel and get attached to that power source so i think that that's good that you said talking about reconnect because i think all of us have had just a breath of fresh air in our spiritual life because of this self-isolation time mm-hmm. see when i went when i and, and you're absolutely right when i went to click on to go live to do my bible study because it did not work i had to go i had to trace out what the problem was yeah uh, as bad as I wanted to go live, I couldn't go live until I resolved the problem. Mm-hmm. And see, that's what uh, millennials and ex-gens and everybody else has to do, baby boomers too. When we go through the season of having been disconnected for so long and God disrupts everything because you wanted to go live, you wanted to keep going, you wanted to keep doing it the way you've always done it, and you've realized I don't have the power or the access that I need, then most people try something else as opposed to turning back to the source. Mm-hmm. At one point, you got to trace out what the problem is and reconnect. There's a, there's a life verse that I use for that one too, Tyler, First Corinthians. Uh, chapter number 13, verse 11. And it's, it's everybody's heard it before. This is when I was a child. I spoke to the child. I understood the child. I thought the child. But when I became a man, or a woman for that matter, the Bible simply says, I put away childish things. Mm. Now, here's the problem that I have with, with, with this, this reconnect piece. You have to ask yourself, how long is your win? Think of that passage. When 
Because even when you say people throwing shade and just being messy, they don't know that that's an issue because they're not tapped into the power source, though. So all of the glitches and stuff happen, and you're like, well, what is the cause of this? Is because you're not tapped into the things that are pure, just, lovely, those trustworthy things. So that's a good point you make.
time at that point for me to recommit. Mm -hmm. If I'm refocused and I'm reconnected, then I got to get engaged again to commit again. To to recommit means to commit again. Well, in order to understand commit, commit is uh, to bind yourself to a certain course of action. We got to we got to bind ourselves, recommit. We got to the things that we're passionate about. You know, God is God knows the structure of. You know, you talked about uh, whether it be going back to worship or going into a place or assembly where other believers are gathered or a community of, of like-minded people of faith. Either way, you can talk about it, but at some point you got to be about it. Because yeah. you can sign up for the Sam's Club, but you'll never experience its benefits until you get up off your couch and go to Sam's. You know, uh, people can sign up for faith, but... The reality is that there is no team that you sign up for, whether it be sports or there's nothing you get engaged in that you don't have to go and commit to. Yeah. I don't know if that makes sense to you. Yeah. You, know, it, 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 you, got, to, you got to get invested. Um, and see, now, and I, and I did this for the other things, but let me, let me share this with you. Where for the, most of us, we go wrong when it comes to recommitting is that we've trusted in temporary things. Mm -hmm. that, that, that'll stop you from committing to anything. Now you're jaded. Uh, we've depended on the distorted dialogue. You know, some of us are jaded when people talk to us because we have spent so much time with so many lives. Yeah. You know, I think about, you know, uh, when I speak to you and your sisters, uh, I know you all are jaded as it relates to going into conversations with young men or, or men who are, are uh, you courting you or are trying to get a relationship with you? Most, most women in, that, in those settings, they're, they're jaded. Why? Because there's been so much distorted dialogue. Mm -hmm. Man, I ain't committing to that. I didn't heard that lie before. <laughs> you yeah. know, so so it, it gives you this certain sense of jadedness. Or even worse, sometimes we place confidence in current wisdom. Mm -hmm. You know, we, we place confidence. You listen, uh, just even even as we've gone through this code of nineteen thing, I remember when it first started back in March. I remember some of the stuff that was going across social media. People talking about, well, it must ain't gonna hit black people. I ain't heard of no black person that got hurt yet. <laughs> yeah, well, maybe we hadn't heard it yet. Yeah, but as the story has unfolded, it seemed like we're the only ones getting it now. Yeah, you know, I was out at the store earlier, and it was more black and brown people walking around. Uh, uh, we, now I had my mask on, but there's still plenty who don't. But then the, the, the others of the other persuasion, almost none of them had no mask on. They're like, hey, yeah. we ain't the one getting, you know. So mm -hmm. it's a distortion of of reality that that, that, that hinders us from recommitting. Uh, even the reality of church or uh, people who go to church don't go to a church because it's popular. Don't go there because the pastor is famous or Go there because the word of God is being preached. And the only way that any of us will change is through the word of God. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, let me uh, say this. Uh, there's some scriptures that I, uh, uh, that I, I want to share with you and then I'm going to be done. But when you get to recommit, and I, and I say this to you and I say this to whomever would, would hear this, recommitting is no different than what uh, professional athletes have to do when they go to training camp. They have to 
recommit to the training regimen and to the diet that is necessary for success. You know, when you when you I know I know you pledge, but I'm not sure if all of uh, uh, of your constituents have pledged or gone through some type of pledging process. Mm-hmm. But the whole point in pledging is to get you to commit to the truth of their organization. Mm-hmm. And you know, if you're beyond pledging, maybe if you're involved in chapters or professional associations, the whole point is for you to be able to commit to the reality and the necessary facts about that organization. Uh, many people in January committed to better fitness, start going to the gym, you know, they, but the only way you're going to get more fit is to literally go to the gym and begin to eat right. Uh, and we have to commit to this reality. Uh, we have to commit to church for, per se, the ecclesia, the body, like you say, that community of believers, not the structural building. While it's important to get a structure in your life because the structure building is where the coaches go and they coach every Sunday, mm-hmm. you know, so, but it's about that relationship. Uh, and once you get those things right, then you can commit socially morally you you can take a social platform because now you're looking at it through the lens of the most wise and that's god mm-hmm. you know it's one thing it's one thing for everybody to be uh, washing their hands and sanitizing their hands but what good is to have clean hands and wear a mask if your soul is still polluted mm-hmm. you know so it's not going to really make any difference only thing it'll do is get us through this particular pandemic yeah so here's the life here's the life verses when it comes to recommitting Proverbs 16 and 3, it says, commit your work to the Lord, and your plans will be established. There's another one, Psalms 37 and 4. It says, delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. And then the final one I want to share with you, and then I'm done. Uh, Romans 12 and 12, uh, 12 and 2, excuse me. It says, be not conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Mm. Uh, if I go back and talk to my younger self, I would tell myself, man, stay focused. Mm-hmm. I would say, man, man, stay connected. I know things going to come and go. The man finally, listen, whatever you do, man, give it your all. Stay committed, man. Things will come tending to drag you away. But man, just, just, just stay on the right path. All right? Yeah. That's good. That's good advice to your younger self, Dad. Good job.